with Truth and Levity with <laughs> Jordan and Candace, also known as Candace and Jordan. Uh, this is our fourth podcast, which is really funny about, can I bring that up for a second? So we were talking about Truth and Levity with Jordan and Candace, and I, of course, being the big sister, decided it should be Jordan and Candace. <laughs> well, my gentleman of a brother said, can you please change that to Candace and Jordan? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it sounds better, Jordan and Candace, plus big sister's always kind of like, you know, plus Jordan and Candace rolls off better and... Well, thank, everybody thank knows. You. Nobody knows who I am. Thank you for putting it on the record that I was at least attempting to be a gentleman. He did attempt to be a gentleman, but Jordan and Candace rolls off the tongue better and everybody knows Jordan. And nah. yes, yes. No, we no, gotta no. lure you in with I, Jordan. No way, dude. I grew up in a world where Candace was the big sister. So everybody knew who Candace was. Nobody knew who Jordan was. Well, that's only because I was like, hey, I'm Candace. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like scared <laughs> and an anxious, like, coma. Right. right? But you never know that I have social anxiety as well, mm, which nope. is funny. That's funny. That'd be cool if we pick one I, of those out. I would think that most people probably who knew me in high school wouldn't have necessarily yeah. said I had social anxiety. They just would have said I was an a-hole. You think? That's you what, think? That's what, well, Megan, my wife, Megan told me, you know, um, we've had this conversation many times because we went to college together, but we didn't, um, you know, we didn't get together until, <laughs> until after college. And so, you know, she would say that I would kind of like walk into a party and I didn't walk in like, you know, shoulders slumped over, like looking like I was afraid of people. I walked in like generally looking pretty confident. I know that walk. I've seen you do that walk. And well, it's all over conversation. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you walk into a room looking confident, you, but, but still not talking to anybody. You just kind of seem like an a-hole, like an asshole, yeah. right? Yeah, it's so, true. Uh, the truth of the, my inner world was that I was scared. And so I wanted to seem really cool, really <laughs> confident. And I was just pooping my pants. Oh my gosh. I used to wait tables, you know, at Chili's. I used to, I even traveled all over opening new stores and things like that. But, um. Well, the funny thing about that was I had crippling social anxiety. I had to get up in front of people and teach them or train them how to, how to wait tables and how to be friendly, happy people. And it's almost like I set up a character persona. But I remember distinctly, right before I would go up to a new table, this insane panic that would enter. And I'd have to summon all the courage that I could to walk up to each table and do the whole spiel. It's kind of funny to look back on now going, you could do it now. But, um, but then, no way. Did, did that ever happen to you when you would go on stage? Because it was the same thing. Like you had this yeah, rock star persona mm -hmm. and you were so comfortable and calm and like in command yeah. of the room. And so you got stage. makeup, you got makeup. Like uh, um, no doubt had this song called Magic's in the Makeup. And nobody really knows what's underneath of there you kind of hide behind the makeup in so many ways and I would hide behind my crazy like hairstyles and makeup and I remember going to mall like go to the mall with Tim and people would say Tim Lincoln what's going on how are you doing and I would be standing right next to him and they would have no clue who I was and I was just fine with that you know did so you wild so you were anxious before you got on stage then when you were on stage and you were in that persona oh, yeah. were you at ease were you good at ease once you were on stage you were once good. I was on totally good if I had to talk that was in between fun. songs? Yes, that was not yeah. a fun thing. So I, I attempted to not speak in between, yeah. you know, but, um, but if I did, it would be like, 
a whole nother voice too i think i think it would be like get up how's everybody doing you know it would be like not candace like normal person it was kind of like but i think like a lot of like to compare myself to beyonce (laughs) (laughs) let's just just go right there with um being overconfident and overcompensating no but beyonce has an alter ego when she's on stage called sasha fierce and why I know that is because I could relate to that. When I heard that, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like other people kind of have to take on to create this character in their life. So it's like, you know, to be my authentic self on stage was very interesting. So I never had that. I never had the ability to, I mean, I guess I did because I was walking into parties in college, you know, outwardly putting right. on that confident persona, but I never had it with the band. And I was just anxious before and then I'd get on stage and I'd feel anxious the whole time. You know, I didn't right, let yeah. anybody know that. That's what's so awesome and refreshing about what we do now is like, I'm talking about anxiety and depression. Right. So if I'm speaking or singing and I have a moment of one of those things, I can just sort of acknowledge it. I, don't, I literally get to be myself through and through good, bad and ugly. And that's like really freeing. Cause for seven years, it was like uh, trying to appear like I'm Mr. Rockstar guy and right. just, like oh, wanting yeah. to die and I never like at least you had See, I didn't moments. know you were struggling like that I you, you would have never given that away well well no you know? a couple a couple whiskeys in <laughs> I was all right and then I could find my way on stage but then that was a delicate balance too because then you know I always I didn't want to I didn't want to lose control it was all about just gripping right. to control so a couple whiskeys would maybe give me a little less anxious to free me up a little bit but then an extra and then one more whiskey or whatever and then I'm all of a sudden like I'm not playing as good on guitar and then then I'd have a, another panic attack about that oh my gosh it was oh it see was, see I couldn't I drink on stage yeah I wish I no. could have but I couldn't because I would have the opposite effect that you have it would have made you anxious it, it makes me it would make me more anxious because am I going to do something stupid you know I had to be in control of myself from the very beginning I had to know exactly what I was doing so it's kind of funny to be like that mirror image of yeah how you dealt with that but I had to be in control I had to be like no yeah, in well, fact so- when the other guys would drink a little bit more I would get very angry <laughs> and there was one show that it, I remember like distinctly kicking one of them really really hard like, like my big kicking them uh-huh with my big <laughs> platform shoe it was my alter ego on stage (laughs) come on (laughs) yeah yeah tim remembers that one i think it was like a new year's show so everybody was celebrating and but i was like no we're professional we have to you know and people think that i am wasted most of the time but i'm just (laughs) who i am (laughs) all natural (laughs) i'm just weird your default is drunk i'm a weirdo in real life but that's okay. That's okay. I get by, I think. I don't think I've ever thought of you as a weirdo. No. Really? Just, it's because you've no. grown up with me. A little bit. Well, you give me that one look, though. I do know. There's like one specific look you give me. Yes, that's it. That's I'll it. Do it. I'll just screenshot that one and put it up there. That I get that, that look a lot. And usually when I'm saying something probably inappropriate, make you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> I get that too. Yeah. That happens a lot. So yeah, I guess yes. with that in mind yes you are it gets it gets a laugh so if it gets a laugh i'm going for it i don't really care who's in the (laughs) room have you ever thought about being a a comedian no that ever enter your brain never 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 can you imagine i'm not really funny though you know i disagree you have to be funny and and you have to be able to really tell a story (laughs) well what about like improv comedy though i know you've done it like obviously you've you've done the schooling and stuff like that have you ever thought about back in the day i guess maybe that wasn't even in your consciousness that you could go and do improv and then 
be in a movie or no, something. No, it's, I think there's just something with it. Like, it's fun to do improv, and I really enjoyed it, but there was a lot of, a little bit of panic in there. Like, it's, as far as, like, being in a room and, and playing these games with these people that I trusted and loved, you know, even to this day, I still love each and every one of them. We all, like, have this, all walks of life, and we all have this, like, really great bond with each other. That was safe, but when you went out to present in front of people, that was a little different to me, yeah. you know, because it was That's, like, oh, wait, wait, um, I got to pull this out and be funny. And there was like pressure came on top of it. We're in this class with all these people that I trusted and loved. I didn't have to. And it was so fun to be around people that were going to act a fool anyway. So, mm -hmm. so I prefer to be in like a class, I think. Yeah. And I, and it changed my social anxiety like he cured it almost like uh, there I, I will have moments but I don't have a problem talking to people I don't have like the stutter mm -hmm. that I would have when I would get kind of nervous I would kind of stutter a little bit um and I speak up because I don't, I don't know if you know well, I don't mean to cut you off but um when I have social anxiety and I'm in a group one-on-one -on -one, I do really well but if there's a group and they're talking about a topic I'm not really sure about but I want to be part of it I'll be in there formulating my story. Okay, this is what I'm gonna say. This is, mm -hmm. this is how it's gonna come out because I'm not gonna sound stupid. I'm gonna sound really good and this would be great. And then by the time I go to spit the words out, they've moved on to another thing. So I just sit there quietly. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I wonder if anybody else, you know, yeah, well, feels I'd that certain, way. Certainly lived a version of that. I think mm -hmm. what I would do though, is I would defeat myself before even formulating that story and I would just, leave that conversation somehow like oh I gotta go oh, yeah. to the bathroom I'll be right back and oh, then yeah. I would just <sighs> have a couple deep yeah. breaths like I can't even just talk to people but no I had the same experience with the improv like it it changed my social anxiety forever I I used to I feel like I used to always carry baggage into every interaction like okay what version of Jordan do I have to bring to this right. person or this group or whatever and so it was always kind of like who am I right now and improv, you know, you just teaches you to interact with people just as you are in the moment. And that, I feel like that has like, it, it forever changed something in my brain where I'm just, I'm pretty comfortable. And, and I, I, I can't think of a social situation that I've been uncomfortable in, uh, in, in years. Right. Yeah, it's like a gift. Yeah, it was like was, a gift. Yeah. I remember it was Father's Day weekend when you took me to my first improv workshop. Down in Baltimore, yeah. In Baltimore. And I'm forever grateful for Tim for giving up part of his father's day so I could go do this but it really I mean the Baltimore improv group I mean amazing people they were all so welcoming and loving and um and kind like the second I walked in I didn't feel like that anxiety you feel like this is something new I'm really scared and mm -hmm. I remember the first game we played was the um, red ball yellow ball blue ball where you throw different imaginary balls so I would say Jordan red ball or something I would throw this red ball to Jordan and he'd have to like catch this imaginary ball which is you, you think it's such like a silly game but we all got to know each other within five minutes like yeah. it was amazing and I was like I love this I love this this is so fun and I think by the end I even volunteered to be in the little show they had because I yeah. was on top of the world like oh my Dude. gosh this is the neatest thing this just totally cracked the egg yeah, of my life we, that, that's no. a testament to that speaks yeah. to who you are we had this uh Candace and I went down to Baltimore we did like this workshop this improv workshop immediately following the workshop there was an actual show by the professional yes. improvisers and one of those improvisers 
has a show where she just does it by herself with one random guest. And this, this she's amazing. And, uh, and so that random guest, Candace just volunteered to be that random guest. And then so literally an hour workshop and then you're a professional improviser. Not stage. professional, but I mean, it was, I mean, it, I mean, that's how they made, that's how it makes you feel like, and from somebody with crippling anxiety at times, just one improv class was really all I needed to set the tone on my next year long journey. And I took a wonderful class in Florida. We met some great people and um, had a great time. It was great. On uh, uh, So my first teacher, Tavish, uh, who I think we mentioned in our second episode because he uh, taught me that the phrase uh, speed of speed of fun. You know, you play improv yes. at the speed of fun. You play these games at the speed of fun. Um, he's going to lead a workshop for the Ed Lally Foundation on a monthly basis, a free workshop to the community, which since we're virtual is the worldwide community, yeah. uh, on um, the 29th of this month, a Monday night. Uh, it's called Improv for Anxiety. So it is... Um, no performance, nothing like that. It's just, you know, group games, just very easy. You know, you'll be on obviously on zoom interaction, but it's a, it's a, I, I don't even know how to, to, to provide, maybe, maybe what we just did was a testimonial, but just check it yeah. out. Even if, even if the thought of improv causes you anxiety, just check it out. Just give it a try. Tavish is an awesome teacher. He's very, very kind. You know, it'll be very easy on everybody. Certainly the title is improv for anxiety. So there's yeah. that awareness going in. And also um, it's just fun and you will laugh like you're you will laugh so hard. a toddler again or something. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like being involved in a comedy show for free. It's free. And, um, and I'll be there and Jordan will be there. Yes. Yeah. So you fun. just come and just see what it's about because it changed my life. And Tavish is like, so the coolest name ever <laughs> i'm still is, on yeah. that name like that would be like like a shirt i can see having a shirt saying tavish like you know what i mean that's just a cool word after our podcast the first one when we said it i like was walking around just saying his name he's probably what does it say like your palms will itch or your ear he's probably like who's talking about me because <laughs> nobody talks about me but i'm excited to meet him but please join us because that would be so fun if i could see some faces that you know just want to come see what it's about. That would be yes, awesome. it's, it's worthwhile. Um, Candace, we're like way in oh, the podcast, and we have to revisit our severed monkey head for our yes word see. of the podcast, which probably should have just been anxiety or something. It should have been. It should have been. This or one improv. is strength, which strength. kind of kind of feeds in a little bit. You know what I mean? And we talked about all our weaknesses. Yeah, man. I don't have any strengths. I have no strengths. I struggle with strength, with recognizing or acknowledging uh, my own strengths. And so thereby I struggle with my self-worth. And that's really been the underpinning of my experiences of depression over a long, long time. Because I just emotionally, like I don't allow myself to feel good about myself or strong. You don't, you know yeah. I mean? I, I really, really, that's a challenge, and, and um, yeah, so that's that's what comes up for me. Well, your I strengths came strengths. out um, when Dad was sick. When we talk about that kind of strength, um, you carried the family. But what I want to kind of rewind a little bit to: seven years prior, my dad went missing, and um, Jordan and I were driving around the streets of um, Baltimore, and we were looking everywhere for him. We couldn't find him, and 
I mean, both of us would take turns just weeping, weeping. I mean, our, our world was shattering. And um, Jordan looked at me dead in the eye, and I don't know if you remember this, and you said, I'm, I'm going to step up. I'm, I'm going to be the man in the family. No matter what happens, we find dad. I'm going to be the man of the family. So um, I can still see your face. Like it was a snapshot in time um, that you did that. And, and you have. And to me, that is strength. That is strength. And like our weakest moment, we were struggling in that moment that you just said, I got you all. You know, you found the courage to say that instead of curling into fetal position and just being, you know, our world is falling apart. Luckily, we found my dad and we got seven beautiful years, somewhat beautiful years with him, but I take each minute, good and bad, with him because we learned so much and we grew so much. But um, I'll never forget that as long as I live that you did that and you've um, kept your word. And then beyond that, beyond that is that any person that you meet, you've kind of led them in and been a part of the family. And, and all of your friends can attest to that. And anybody that's been affiliated with the foundation and any school that you visited, anybody can come up to you and you're welcoming and you'll open and you'll tell your story and you'll listen and you'll teach and you'll learn constantly how to heal the brain and what we can do to not have any other family go through what we went through if possible. You know, and I think that's beautiful. So that's strength to me. Appreciate that, Kana. Um, I don't know what to say. Thank you for all those kind words. I, um, yeah, when Kenneth was talking about seven years before we lost uh, our dad, he had gone missing and that was, uh, it was actually on my 25th birthday. And that was when we first became, or at least I, you probably had some awareness. That was when I first became aware that he struggled with depression and the reason that we hadn't, I hadn't become aware of it to that point, I think is largely because of mom's strength. Oh and, yeah. The mom so is so she would, strong. She would carry, uh, you know, uh, when my dad was struggling, which was few and far, not few and far between his, his depressive mm -hmm. episodes would happen like mm -hmm. once a decade, but when they would hit, it would be all encompassing. And, um, yeah, certainly when I was a kiddo and in my early twenties, uh, she just, you know, carried the load so much that, I was completely unconscious of it. I didn't know he struggled until it was like undeniable. He's missing mm -hmm. on and we're driving around Baltimore looking for him. Um, yeah. yeah. Your birthday. Yeah. Can we talk about mom's strength for a minute? Wow. I mean, she's been through it and, um, and she just has always been this rock, this, no matter what you're going through, you can always tell her and she's got you. You know, but yeah. we went through all of this stuff with dad. But one specific story I remember is shortly after dad passed away. I mean, she lost her husband, which is hard enough. And um, with all the PTSD surrounding it. And she worked at Wegmans and a lady, she had talked to this lady. And the lady was really upset because her husband had just died. And my mom didn't say, oh, my husband died too. She sat there and listened to this lady's story, gave her her phone number, befriended this woman. And I said, you didn't tell her that you were going through the same thing? And she said, I, I, I needed to be there for her. So that is beautiful strength to me, like just to be able to put your, I mean, it's okay to, you know, 
share, of course, but sometimes being able to recognize when somebody else needs your strength more than you need your own is such a beautiful thing. So I like to keep that in my pocket sometimes. You know, if if I see somebody, I'm like, I'm going to be like my mom, you know, and look out for just anybody going through a hard time. I think that it's beautiful in that way. Definitely remember as a kiddo, just whenever, whenever shit got bad, that's when our, our family yeah. and, and uh, mom, the backbone of that, we were at our best, you know, we yeah. were, um, it, uh, yeah, sometimes when things were good, we would create problems and drama and stuff <laughs> like that. But man, when, 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 um, as a family with mom, again, sort of providing the backbone of strength, when times would get tough, um, yeah, that was when yeah. strength would be on display. I, I, I see, um, yeah, I, I see, I think I see, I'm not necessarily talking about myself in relation to strength, but I see when things are challenging, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I, I can meet that moment. When things are mm-hmm. easy, that's when my brain just searches for a problem or something to struggle with or whatever. When there's like a real struggle, oh yeah, great. And that's why I think for me, an important part of my mental health journey has been creating kind of like artificial struggles, whether that's like an ice cold shower or a seated meditation for an hour or going to an improv class. Anxiety (laughs) dominates my life. Like you create kind of like you, you consciously expand your comfort zone. You create, you create challenges. Otherwise like our brains are, are, are sort of meant to search for potential problems, right? So you kind of put problems in your way that that are going to help you grow i wish my my challenges i gave myself were a little more like good challenges not like creating frivolous challenges yours are good you're good challenges nowadays maybe i try more and more but but i'm still very well versed in creating bs challenges for myself (laughs) and you know that that, uh just you know yeah whatever unhealthy Yeah. waste of time stuff so strength Candace what do you think is I, I would like to share what I think your strength is oh goodness your sense of humor <laughs> has carried us through uh, many of those dark challenging times um, I can remember when dad was in his darkest <laughs> spaces of depression and and Candace would uh, visit from from uh, Florida or, or maybe you were just living in Perry Hall and you'd visit and you'd get him to laugh when nobody could break through that kind of depressive, you know, suit facade that he was wearing, you know, and not, not I don't mean to, to make it yeah. uh, the lightest. No, but it's the, true. The depression was real, but you would break through that with some ridiculousness. <laughs> I'd have to be ridiculous and the comic relief. That's what I would call it. Yeah. yeah but, it, but he would, he would make me feel like I was funny. Well, you were funny. You he would give funny. it to me. He would give it to me sometimes. i got a little squirrel cup i'm drinking out of last last uh last week we were talking about anger and after the episode i thought thank you by the way 10 oh for your so thank you thank you you're very welcome there's a lot of the strengths i can do but i don't i don't know if people just want to listen to us butter each other's bread (laughs) uh oh oh after the anger episode last week i i um Heard from Megan, heard from my little sister Alexis. (laughs) Immediately, well, you forgot this one and this one and this one. You know, there's like a million stories, but one that I wanted to share that, and I'm not going to do it justice telling a story, but 
Uh, Alexis is attached to her cell phone. Like it is uh, a new limb. It is, <laughs> it is an extension of her hand. She's attached to her cell phone. And, and I think this was maybe seven, eight years ago. Uh, no, it was sooner than that. It, I don't, anyway, it was a couple years ago. She was fighting with mom. I don't know if you were around for this, Canon. I might not have told you a story. Again, not that amazing of a story, I'm but curious. it makes me laugh every time I think of it. So, <laughs> so they're having this intense fight. Um, uh, and in the middle of the fight, Alexis keeps looking at her phone, right? She's just a habit, right? It's just a habit. Right. Like, she just, right. It's kind of like just um, yeah, force of habit. I don't even know if she was actually reading anything. But they're screaming and yelling, and every now and again, she's like looking at her hand, <laughs> which, I mean is infuriating in and of itself if you're trying to communicate to somebody. So at a certain point, <laughs> mom, I don't know if Alexis put the cell phone down, which I can't even imagine she would have done that. But somehow mom got her hand on the cell phone, opened the back door and just chucked it into the backyard, <laughs> right? And Alexis lost her mind. She screamed and cried so loud you would have literally thought someone severed her arm and threw it out the window <laughs> oh, so Alex. hysterical uh, alexis she said you forgot to tell this one so i got i have all rights are we gonna get in trouble right now <laughs> she basically told me to tell it uh and so alexis is freaking out and immediately just stomps outside to go get it runs out in a panic <laughs> And we have one of those fire pits that's like mobile, you know, like it's, right. not, it's not in the ground. You can move it wherever you want. And so I guess I had moved it at a certain point or somebody had moved it. So she's running in the <laughs> line. All she sees is cell phone in the grass, must get to it. And she runs, <laughs> she runs straight into this fire pit. Oh. And like it, her shin just hit it. And it was like loud. Ouch. It was painful. Oh, and gosh. It tumbles over into the grass. And... I should have felt compassion for her. I couldn't help but laugh in that moment. It was so funny because it was just a cell phone, right? It was just right. so ridiculous. And then she's on the ground. And if I recall correctly, she'll, she'll tell me if I'm not, but I was laughing. She, in the middle of this knockdown drag out fight with mom and her loss of her cell phone, I'm laughing so hard that she starts laughing. Like she can't help it, even though she's in pain on her shin. And eventually she got, uh, you know, she got herself up and, and found her precious cell phone. <laughs> Mom and her worked it out. But it was, uh, again, not, not the most amazing story, but it is a memory that any time I tell it will, will make me laugh because <laughs> it was so hilarious that this human being cared this much about her cell phone and then that, that then she ran into a fire pit and ended up on her ass in the ground. She had tunnel vision to her phone. <laughs> yeah, she was so mad. Oh, sweet I, Lex. I've never seen anybody including when, uh, and, and Megan did provide some clarification from last week's episode, I said the gentleman that she pushed was elderly in his 90s, I think I might have said. Megan wanted <laughs> me to amend that. He was in his 70s and he was, he was in pretty good health. And also she wanted me to add that uh, he got in her face as well. Do you know every time you tell a story, yeah. you corrupt it from its original form? I do? No, in general, anybody does. So oh, yeah, you yeah. have a story. Uh, have a story. I just learned this from um, to Amy Poehler, actually. Anytime you have a story, she was on Dax Shepard's podcast. I was listening to it. Um, you have a story, and it's true. And you take it and you retell the story. You corrupt the original form of the story. Did just you know? by virtue of you telling it. Just telling it again because you don't tell it exactly how it happened. Mm -hmm. Just how you remember it. 
Yeah. That's fun to listen to. I remember, remember, forgot to tell you, I was going to tell you about that. It's kind of neat if you think about it. They say something like, I saw some of those Netflix uh, specials um, on the brain um, that basically half of everything we say is bullshit. Like even the stuff that we yeah. remember from my childhood, it happened this way. Like but, it's basically impossible for our brain. Like they had people, um, uh, and I'm probably corrupting this as I'm telling it, but they had people <laughs> that had like, who vividly recall, mm-hmm. there's one woman was recounting, vividly recall watching the Twin Towers fall that, that uh, you know, 9-11, that fateful day. And, um, you know, swears on a stack of Bibles, I saw it. And it turns out it was impossible for her to see because of where her office was and where she was situated, oh, wow. there was a window there. But it's like, you know, our brain just kind of creates these shortcuts for like, right, we, just, just we just sort of, re- we retain the essence, like the emotional essence that we need to. Or in the case of telling a story like about Megan pushing an old man or Alexis running out <laughs> to the backyard, I'm sure I take a couple liberties here and there. Just to make it a little bit so this old man came out, he was crawling uh, into his wheelchair. Oh my gosh, yeah. Up. He was on life support. <laughs> he, he had like life an IV drip. She he ripped went, the IVs out of his arm. Yeah, she hit him over the head with the IV drip. Just like, it was like, whoa, Megan, that's intense. All he wanted us to do was stop playing so he could watch his polo match uh, story corruption <laughs> at megan's expense <laughs> so you could have really made alexis's cell phone story even more like she could have i could have she flew yeah. in the air like 500 feet I, tumbled I, down like three somersaults to the ground <laughs> i wish i could somehow do the one thing that i could never i would i just wish why didn't you take a picture Oh, in that moment, wouldn't that have been great? Just video just, of her just, just to have it. in pain and misery in the middle of a fight. Hey, here's the social media moment. I can hear her right now saying Candace would have taken a picture. I'm documenting. I'm documenting everything. <laughs> I've never heard anyone, my point in, in bringing Megan back in is, is she was so mad she pushed an old man. I've never seen anyone as mad and as angry. And I guess it was a show of strength to tie it back yeah. in. You don't mess with my cell mm-hmm. phone as angry as Alexis was when, when gosh forbid, her cell phone was 20 feet from her grip. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Little Lex, we love you, dude. <laughs> we do. Love you so much, little sis. Um, so uh, let's, let's bring it home. Yes, some, roll uh, it in. So uh, we're going to end with our five mental health things here. Um, Candice, uh, would right. you like me to offer you the category? Uh, well, it's got to be strength, right? It just got to be, yeah, whatever you improv in this moment. All right. So, Jordan, what five new superpowers would you have to save the world? Peace. One. (laughs) (laughs) Love. Two. Um, Big hugs. Three. (laughs) Maybe I should feed people. Food for everybody. (laughs) And Cheez-Its. Five. These are my things. <laughs> Jesus will save the world. <laughs> um, I think you gave me a superpower. Jesus and Jesus. Like a week or two ago, didn't you? That should be Jesus and Jesus will save the world. <laughs> I had a great freestyle um, that I've said for years. Andre and I, by the way, uh, Dre, uh, uh, integral we- member of the Big Infinite. We have a, a bunch of um, ridiculous improv songs that we've written. Um, none that we've released except for Gobble Giebel, which we release every Thanksgiving, which is a wonderful ode to Very Thanksgiving. Very good. It's on YouTube, um, I believe. It is on YouTube. Yeah, check it out. It, you, you know, you won't regret it. It's worth your time, investment of your life. Um, 
you were talking about Cheez-Its. I think you said Jesus. Cheez-Its and Jesus will, sh- yeah, will save so the world. We had like one verse that was like. <clears throat> it rhymes. Cheese ain't. Jesus ain't cheese and cheese ain't Jesus. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> cheese ain't Jesus ain't cheese and cheese. What was it? Jesus is cheese and cheese is Jesus. I can't remember. It's gone now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, you're singing about Jesus. What can go wrong? <laughs> we also had a great song called The Rivers of Maryland. Oh. Amazing song. Very educational. Chop like- tank. Chop tank. Susquehanna. <laughs> We would just <laughs> freestyle. <laughs> we, we need to bring him on here for the freestyle section. Oh, dude. Dre, Dre is is ridiculous uh, MC. Uh, we had a couple amazing songs. We literally spent about six months where we would, um, he, you know, he's from Annapolis. So we would have our practice, meet Deej and Dre. And then Deej would go home and Dre would just crash for the night. And so we'd have a couple beers and just write like, these amazing odes to the rivers of Maryland or that uh, Jesus clearly isn't cheese or you, you need to write a song Gino. about the bat. Oh, good I just sent that. like pictures to you and Megan last night. You probably didn't check your phone. So as much as Alexis likes her phone, Jordan will not. So that's another story for another, another topic, but I sent these like hilarious pictures. So there was a bat in the house. Can I tell this story? <laughs> oh, please do. So there was a bat in the house and I was visiting with the kids and Megan, complete fear of bats, and was convinced that we all were going to get rabies. So she went and shut the kid's door, I think. Or oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just back it up one second. Because <laughs> so, I got to tell it from my perspective. So Candace is up from Florida. They arrive at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Dre was actually, it was one of those nights where he was That's crashing right, from Annapolis. We were swimming in the pool. So uh, my nephews uh, had arrived with Candace, and we were all jumping in the pool. So we're kind of in and out of the door late at night or whatever. Then everybody crashed. And Megan and I went to bed and I wake up uh, or I'm woken up to uh, just being pounded in the chest, <laughs> just punch, she's just punching me and then she said, look up and above our head, our ceiling, our ceiling fan is going and then, uh, no, our ceiling fan is not moving, but a bat is circling around the ceiling fan. And so she punches me and then she runs into our walk-in closet, closes the door and does not leave. And, and then I'm left. And, la- and called Candace, who was sleeping in the bay, they're sleeping somewhere in the guest room or whatever in the right. house. And then, uh, and you can take over from there. I just wanted to add that. You probably that remember part. more details than I do. I just remember uh, Megan in the closet, tears streaming down her face, the look of fear, and just telling me, save the children, please save the children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she's so. She's save so the children. Like she was, I mean, the fear and just rocking back and forth, the fear. So I'm like, I got this. So I go down. I think Dre was in the basement. So I'm like knocking on the door. I'm like, Dre, we need your help. (laughs) First you and I tried to do it and that wasn't happening. So we need reinforcement. So I got Dre. So the three of us are up there and I got some pool toys and ended up, we got them. Dre, Dre, Dre's the man. So yeah, I, I, remember, I, make, I was consoling Megan at that point. I think well, I you were kinda, taking video and pictures. As oh, you no, I was. <laughs> I, do, I don't know where the video is. I can't find the video anywhere. And Megan was in the closet telling us to save our own children, our, our, yeah. our Kaya and Pema. Um, and, uh, and I can act like a tough guy because I wasn't in the closet, but really I was just like hiding behind Dre so he could get this <laughs> bat. So we used a pool skimmer and something else and we kind of sandwiched the bat in there and then we let it go. But we found out later that we shouldn't have done that. We should have kept it so it could be tested for rabies. So instead, me and uh, 
But he Megan didn't and attack our, anybody. Our, like he just kiddos. was stuck in the house. Yeah, but because he was in our bedroom, he could have bitten us. And I guess you, you don't you don't see their and bites then, or whatever. So we had to get all rabies shots. <laughs> you guys got rabies shots. We had to get rabies shots. Yeah. I'm yeah. rabid. I didn't get shots. But Maggie yeah. had you get rabies shots. Even Kaya. Yeah, all of her. I don't think Pema wasn't there yet, was she? Mm, she wasn't. I think she was. She was. I think she was. Yeah. Was she? I'm gonna was say it, yes. Was it for the if, wedding? If, Maybe it was for Alexis's wedding. That's why we. No, because Megan wasn't pregnant. I would have remembered that, because she would have. Yeah, I'll look at the dates. She probably would have been ballsier. She probably would have like taken the, the bat with her bare hands. What no, is it? I, she, she couldn't have been. No. No, you don't think. No, Let because. Let me look at the text messages I sent you and see if there's a year on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do, 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 it doesn't do, have a timestamp on it. Do, I'll have to look in where I got do, it from. Do, do. But I'll, I'll put a picture up, but here's the, um, there's the bat. Oh, can you please put. I'll put that up there. The picture of, oh, uh, Megan. of Megan in the closet. Literally, this is not an embellishment of the story, though. She did say just through the gonna wall. She's going to so kill me for this. But <laughs> <laughs> She's going to kill me. Look at her eyes. Look. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're watching. I hope you're watching in some videos so you can see oh that. Oh my gosh. Straight up fear. Straight up fear. Oh my gosh. Save All the right. children. All right. All right. We probably give, are talking I, way too long. I got to give you a five things now. Oh, yes. Um, so five new uh, fad mental health practices to strengthen your brain. Go. Sleeping. One. Stretching. Two. Uh, laryngitis. Three. Don't think. <laughs> Agriculture. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Last one, go. Tires. Five? I think tires. tires. These are five things. I love it. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I think I've said that before, though. I think that's like stuck in a, like a mantra in my brain. Agriculture and tires. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so we're going to close it with some wise words. Before we say that, we want to invite you guys to a bunch of free offerings from the Ed Lally Foundation for this month of March. Some virtual yes. offerings we have available. We have that improv for anxiety. We have uh, Tai Chi for seniors. We have um, mindfulness for moms uh, led by the wonderful Tara DeCapity. We have um, intro to mindful mental health meditation uh, led by yours truly. Um, that might be it right and then, now. And then improv for anxiety. Improv for anxiety, yes. So uh, check them out, edlallyfoundation.org. A bunch of free offerings there. You can just register for those classes just by clicking on the uh, event in our calendar on the main page at the website. Yes. All right. And I should be attending this Thursday for the Women's Mindful Mental Health. So come, come join me. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. That's uh, we had our men's our men's mindful mental health last night, and it is it's just uh, gosh, I'm just I'm in all of the group of of it's like uh, at this point it's like twelve dudes, and I really thought that I I didn't know what to expect. Um, I I thought that I was gonna have to talk or kind of like carry the the meeting, but I don't have to say anything. I just could sit there yeah. and this there's a this the strength that these and not your traditional strength but like oh this ties back oh, perfectly shoo. in with our theme of, of, of the show 
but there's a you know as we talk about a lot there's this so much strength and in, in vulnerability right? right there's a strength because there's a strength for you because you're expanding your comfort zone but there's a strength for other people my vulnerability serves as a source of strength for someone else because then they can be like oh i'm not alone or or right. i can i can be a little bit more free to be who i am so that is on display to these dudes from literally all across the US. There's a, a gentleman from Texas and from Illinois and uh, obviously a lot of people here from, from Northern Maryland, but man, it, it is just such an amazing group of guys and, and you really feel this sense of connection. And as I shared with the group last night, like one of the impetuses for wanting to start this kind of group specifically for men is because that was something that um, while our father was amazing, was hilarious, was supportive, was a beautiful human being, he never really talked much about his uh, emotions, his mm -hmm. thoughts, you know, he didn't talk about his mental health at all, really. Uh, and I know that had he or had he found himself in a group like this or had some opportunity, uh, I think he, he, he might still be with us because there, there's such a sense of isolation that, that comes along with, with mental health struggles, right? You just live in this mm -hmm. world of your own thoughts and emotions and you believe your hype. But when you can step into a group setting like that and give voice to what you're going through and other people can be like, oh yeah, I can relate to that in this totally different way. And right. everybody's stories are different, but everybody knows what it's like to struggle inside. And, mm -hmm. and so often, as, you know, as people, but certainly as dudes, like we don't feel like we can say that or, or give voice to that because it's going to be weakness. But really it's just a, a tremendous source of, of strength to be like, I. I'm more than that emotion and I can, I can give voice to that. So I love um, it. Anyway, uh, a lot of cool offerings and a lot, a lot more good stuff to come to the Ed Lally foundation. So we're going to close this episode up with some words of wisdom for you all. Uh, you start, you start. Okay. This is what everyone needs to see and be tolerable. <laughs> you didn't join me. We we're supposed to close it with the. Uh, this is what everyone. What was it? Everyone needs, needs to see and be tolerable. This is what this is what everyone needs to see, comma, and be tolerable. <laughs> no, we can't justify. <laughs> I don't know. We just got to end and shut we up. We just got to end. Yeah. So actually, uh, you don't end. You, you don't break down words of wisdom. You just take the essence of right, the wisdom. Right, because they mean something to anybody that takes it. <laughs> All right. Take it. We take it. And it. I got to say happy birthday month to Jordan. Oh, yay. Happy birthday month to me. So that means please share this extra. I'm going to use your birthday to please share this podcast. Please come to all the free offerings that the Ed Lally Foundation has going on because it's the month of giving. <laughs> All right. I like it. Not not November, March. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but thank you all for hanging out with us. We love and appreciate you all. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh at that. I really genuinely no, mean yeah, that. We, yeah. We're looking at each other on this camera and we're laughing at each other. Um, but we really do. We love and appreciate everybody and preach, all the kind words. Preach. You know. We appreciate you. Appreciate. Bye, Dios. Bye. <laughs> we don't stop. We're never in a cold.